His kingdom is for now. The kingdom of God is for now. His kingdom doesn't wait for anyone. Neither does his kingdom compromises with the world or what we want. His calling over a person's life is not just to love people or to just be a nice person and love him. But his calling over a person's life is to go into the greater levels of glory, into a greater levels of happiness into the glory of God. He calls you to be humbled at his feet and do his will. He calls you to pursue his call rather than your dreams. Jesus constantly calls you. But how can we all say that the kingdom of, kingdom of God is for now but not for the future? Let's look to a passage. A passage in the Bible which is often read with context with following Jesus. Luke chapter 9 verse 57 to 62. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place where to lay his head. He, he said to another person, Come follow me. The man agreed. But he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, Let the spiritual dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the word about the kingdom of God. Another said, Yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So here we read about three people who are being called by Jesus or are ready to ready to follow Jesus. And also Jesus telling them about telling them three important things about the will of God. So the very first thing is foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. This verse right here means that the kingdom of God is not going to be easy. It will be rough, it will be filled with spiritual battles and a lot of work and no rest for the ones who are in the will of God. Now, many people hear about this and say, oh, that means we, or we are not going to have any kind of rest in it, so it's useless and we shouldn't say yes to the will of God. But what type of rest does Jesus talks about here? He talks about the counterfeit comforts which people go for, living their lives in the way they want. No one should dominate them, neither they want anybody to restrict them. He talks about the cheap thrills that people want in this world. But the question arises within us, are we all our lives going to fight and not have a single second to rest? The answer to this question is a promise that Jesus has given to us. It's in John chapter 16 verse 33. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. So yes, in the will of God, we will go through many ups and downs, to many heart heartaches, to many, we will go through many sorrows. But yes, Jesus has promised, promised a rest in us, rest to us through his blood, through the Holy Spirit, through his overcoming power over the world. He says, yes, you will, yes, you will have rest, but the rest of the Father. You, you will be filled with the rest of the Father. So yes, we won't have any rest of the world, meaning we won't have any counterfeit comforts, any cheap thrills or any pleasures of the world, but we will have rest in God when we say yes to the will of God. The second thing that, that Jesus said that he called another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told that told him, 
Let the spiritual dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach the word of God. Here we see a man being ready to follow Jesus but also asked for a little time to bury his father. Now let's just understand a little thing here. Why was that man with Jesus when his father died? Don't you think he should have stayed home with his father, with his family and, and prepared for his father's funeral? So to understand this, we should also know that in the olden Jewish times, there, were, there was this tradition where the dead remains of the father or any family member who died were dug, were dug out after an ear of that person's death, mainly the bones, and kept for an ear, ear or for a period in a place which is, which is called ossery. And then a reinterment of the bones was done by the family. So in, so in this case of this man who asked for a couple of days to bury his father, would have asked Jesus to wait till he performs all the reinterment rites and then come back and follow him. However, Jesus spoke, let the spiritual dead bury their own dead. So, what we really understand here is that we should not fall into any useless cultures or traditions of the Christian faith or of the world, but be ready for what God has for us. But what does it really mean when we say spiritual dead people? Who are they? So, to answer this question, so to answer this question, I have to answer in a really straightforward way. The answer can really pinch many people and can many people's heart can be offended, but that's the truth. So the ones who are spiritually dead, yes, are the ones who are in sin. But what Jesus means here means here or talks about are the people or Christians mainly who love him, who who love to read his word, who pray daily, but still are not practicing but still are practicing those old traditions and are stuck in the cultures of the present age. Yes, you all heard me right. They are the ones who are just and only reading the word but not surrendering to it. The people who think that being a living sacrifice is not that important for us and the ones who say, oh, it's okay, for let me first let me just enjoy a little in life and then I would become a living sacrifice or surrender myself to God. I know, I know God loves me and I know he, he waits for me. But my friend, Jesus never waits for us. Some might say he does, but the truth is, no, he doesn't. He doesn't wait for us, but still keeps calling us to the, to the kingdom of God. He keeps calling us to the calling that God has given to me. God has given to me. God has given to you. He keeps on calling you. He doesn't wait for you. My friend, reading the Bible daily, praying daily will benefit you nothing until and unless you surrender your, to God and say yes to the will of God, until and unless you become a living sacrifice, you won't be able to grow in Jesus. That's why Jesus in verse six, 60 said, Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. So Jesus calls us to a duty which is to go and preach the kingdom of God, to the poor and lost in faith. That's what we all are called for, to preach about the kingdom of God wherever we are. So if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, so say yes to him, to the Holy Spirit who always, all times, speak to, speaks to your spirit about the calling that God has for you. Because living sacrifice, become a living sacrifice and leave all the old traditions and cultures of the world and what your flesh asks and what your flesh wants. Leave all the fleshy desires, desires of yourself and say yes to the law of the spirit which is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. God doesn't want us, wants lazy workers for his kingdom, but he wants 
ones who are ready to sacrifice anything for the kingdom of God. The third thing which Jesus said was, was another, was another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Yes, yes, Lord, but let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Is Jesus against our family? No, not at all, because he gave he gave us, he planned that family for us. The clear explanation for this verse is found in the message translation, Luke chapter 9, verse 62, message translation. Then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master, but first excuse me while I get my things, get things straightened out at home. Jesus said, no procrastination, no backward looks. You can't put God's kingdom off this tomorrow. Seize it for today. So here Jesus is not against our family, but what he wants you to know is that when you have decided to follow Jesus, then you shouldn't go back or turn your back at him and say, ah, Jesus, I love you and I'm ready to follow you. But um, uh, can I be back after some time? Like, can I get get my job interview done or can I get, can I be back after I get easy? My, with my new home and other stuff, I'll be back, I'll be back, I'll promise. But just a little time. I need, I need to get easy. No, Jesus doesn't wants us to do this. He wants us to get easy with things which we are dealing with. Basically, he doesn't want wants us to get easy with the things which we are dealing with. He wants us to understand that his presence and his and his complete hold over our life is enough. And he doesn't want us to look at the problems, but yes, look to him and say yes to him. At the point he at the point he calls us leave everything yes everything and just follow him and all things on their own will fall at the right place as simon and his fellow fishermen did luke luke chapter 5 verse 11 they pulled the boats up on the beach left everything and followed jesus they left everything and followed him they didn't ask jesus to sell the fishes caught but left everything and followed jesus that should be our attitude towards the calling of Jesus over our life, to leave everything to follow Jesus. We shouldn't leave his kingdom for tomorrow, but seize it for today because his kingdom is for now. This is your call to the kingdom of God, which is full of rest, full of grace, full of love. Don't delay it. He calls you to greater levels of glory and comfort. His hand is ready to hold you. His hand won't leave you anyway, but I promise that we will be with you that he is going to be with you as he has promised.